Hey, this is Chad Madden, and I'm your host. Today's podcast is going to be the second in a three-part series talking about how to rapidly grow your private practice and still maintain the same quality of care. By the end of this episode, you'll learn what level private practice PT you are and how you can get to the next level. If you're interested in learning more about these strategies and others, then be sure to pick up a free copy of my book, Killer Marketing Secrets for Private Practice PTs, over at BreakthroughPTMarketing.com forward slash book. All right, so this is part two of how to scale or grow a business and keep expert care in at the same time. And just a quick review, last time we talked about the big self-limiting belief, which is I'm the best. And most of us think that, you know, nobody else can take care of patients the way that we can. And then we talked about and we drew on the, the board here behind me all the different balls that most of us are having to juggle, especially early on. Well, if you've ever heard of the four levels of private practice PT that we talk about, this is really important and it becomes relevant when we're trying to outsource or when we're trying to turn over juggling some of the balls within the organization and handing them over to somebody else. And, you know, really quick review here. So at the top, we have Hall of Famer, then we have All-Star, then we have Major League, and we have Minor Leaguer. Again, quick review, Minor Leaguer is the person that just got started. They're the owner that they are their business. They're seeing all the patients. Next step up is the major leaguer. This is where most private practice owners I've talked with, this is where we get tend to get stuck because we're still our business, but now we have six, maybe a dozen staff. Many times we don't know how to train our staff the right way. Um, and we have this false idea that it's up to us to tell our staff what to do and they're magically going to do it. That's a huge error. We'll talk about that here in a second um, today, but a lot of people get stuck at the major league level. They are they're doing well financially, but they don't have time. So this person doesn't have money, minor leaguer. This person doesn't have time. And then the all-star, that's the person that has solved both. They saw, they've solved the money problem. They've solved the time problem. They have a good business. And this person tends to have really good people in place. And I'll show you what we did here. I'll share some mistakes that I've made as well. Then the very top is the Hall of Famer. That's the person that's actually teaching other, other people. They're usually into advocacy. Maybe they're helping out at local universities or, you know, they're helping other practice owners, something like that. So this is the advocate. But there's a scale here. And I just want to share with you the viewpoint of what each person, how they think about things. So the minor leaguer, when they're juggling all the balls, they're still think they're stuck at I'm the best. And many times they won't even realize that they're thinking that it's and I, I give you an example of when I was a minor leaguer. So I had one front office person, her name was Debbie, and I had one physical therapy assistant. And I remember one time walking through the office and I just, I was a micromanager. I didn't know how to manage. I didn't know how to hire. I didn't know how to train. It, it, I was a disaster early on. So she was talking with a patient on the phone and it was either a scheduling issue or a copay issue. And she just said something that was like way, way off. And I remember thinking, wow, like I would never say that. And I actually just said, Give me the phone. I'll talk with the patient. Disaster. Like, not good. She handed me the phone and I handled it. And yeah, guess what? I knew something better to say than what she said, but it completely disempowered her. And any progress I had going from minor league, jumping up to that major league level, I completely sabotaged myself. So if that's you and you're disempowering your staff, knock it off. Stop it. Don't do that. The major league person they're still thinking I'm the best, but they realize that they need to bring other people in. So usually they have more capable people, 
and usually they have one or two people that are awesome at their job. So maybe they have a, a marketer who's just knocking it out. They know how to talk with doctors. They know how to host workshops. They like, they have that down or many times they have one really good therapist that they can rely on. Maybe they have like one or two shaky therapists uh, that they just don't know how to bring up to speed. This person, the all-star, they've gone out and they figured it out. They said, okay, like who can I find with amazing marketing experience? Who can I, like, who's the best legal person? Who's the best accounting person? Who's the best, whatever it is in any given area. And they find that person and then they incorporate that because they realize that the only way they're going to get to the next level is to surround themselves with the best personnel. So that's the all-star. And that's really the mental shift that happens at each one of these levels. So last video, part one, we ended on, you're going to have to work yourself out of a job. And this is what I would do. List out, it's a really simple exercise, but list out all of your responsibilities that you have for your private practice. I expect this to take a while for most of us, but if you're treating right now, and that's a responsibility, right? Treating. If you do marketing, then write marketing. If you do, if you're hiring and firing and training everybody, write that down. If you're doing any front office activity at all, write that in as well. If you're doing your billing or you're involved in anything at all where you have a responsibility, write that down right now. It should be a pretty huge list. So let's say you've done that now and let's say I'm doing treating. Let's say I have a receptionist and I've turned that over, but I'm also doing um, all my own marketing. I'm handling my finances, like doing payroll and you know something like that through like a QuickBooks. So handling finances, I've turned over my billing now. I'm also training all staff. And let's say I'm doing like admin, like the metrics management. Okay, so here's five responsibilities. Oh, let me throw in another really obvious one here. I talk with a lot of therapists that like every Friday they're cleaning their own facility, cleaning the bathroom, stuff like that. So let's just say we're cleaning. Well, I'm not sure if this is an urban legend or not, but there's there's a rumor that the first question that they ask in Harvard Business School is if Bill Gates of Microsoft, the multi-billionaire, if he's walking down the hallway and he sees a $100 bill laying on the ground, does he stop to pick it up? The obvious answer is no, because his time is worth more than $100 a second within the marketplace. And that might seem sick or unreal, but that's if you calculate it out, it's significantly more than that. So it's not worth his while to stop and pick up $100 bills that are laying laying on the ground. He has more things that are more valuable to do with his time. And it's the same thing here. So within your practice, where are you the most valuable? Long ago, so when I did some soul searching in the uh, mid mid uh early 2000s, you know, I just I really was drawn to marketing. That got me jazzed up. I loved to study marketing. I was reading marketing books at night and early in the morning and over lunch. Like I've just, I've always had this thing for marketing. It fascinates me. So I studied it. This did not. I've done a lot of con ed over the years and really quick, I, <laughs> what we decided to do is just go out and hire the best physical therapist. Much easier to do. I knew that, you know, evidence-based practice, at least for us and the way that I'm interpreting that, and I'm not going to get into like any sort of argument or detail with that right now, but I saw evidence-based practice coming in the future, and this is back like in 2004, 2005, and we just went out and we found the best evidence-based PTs. And yeah, that's so I started turning the responsibility over for this long ago, and I'm fine saying like, I'm nowhere near our best physical therapist today. 
good. People like to work with me. I'm good. My name's on the building, all that stuff. But I mean, Mike Gilbert, who is my partner over at Gilbert Physical Therapy, is so ahead of me with regard to technical skill. And I don't even pretend anymore that I'm the best. I know he's fantastic. He has trained most of our physical therapists. He actually trained our clinical director here, Joe, that now trains other PTs and even has his own company, Pearl Education, with Mike Fink, who's uh, one of our therapists who also works at the local university in the PT program. And he treats with us once a week. They have their own con ed company and they're, they knock it out. I mean, they know their stuff here and I'll, and I know it. Um, but they know more than I do and I'm really comfortable with that. So anyhow, it allows me to focus all my time here. Same thing with finances. I mean, very recently we went out and hired, uh, Greg Crabtree who wrote the book, Simple Numbers, Big Profits. It's an orange book. You can find it on Amazon. Fantastic. And, you know, a lot of what he was saying, we were doing already, but we went out, we hired the best. Same thing here, training staff. I'm good. I'm not, I'm not the best. Like I, I want to focus in other areas, admin metrics and management. Still am involved in that. We have a clinical director, Joe, that we bought training for, and he's doing a lot of that. And I just oversee and make sure everything's running okay. And then cleaning. Like this is the kicker. I mean, if you're doing activities that are like this, I don't want to say menial, but like you have that. So even if we just said treating to your company, you're worth 40 bucks an hour. What are you hiring a cleaning person for? Maybe 20, maybe 10. I don't know, but it's not 40. What are you worth marketing to your practice? If you really knew how to market and you were an expert marketer, what are you worth to your practice there? I did a calculation recently and it was like 650 bucks an hour is what I'm worth to our practice to do that. It wasn't always that way. It took me a while to develop the skill where I was worth that much. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm worth to my practice when I'm doing this. Why would I turn around and do this? It's not that it's underneath me. I used to do cleaning. Even when I was a physical therapist, I had a second job doing cleaning. So it's not underneath me. I'm willing to do it. I just realized to the, that to the marketplace and to my company, this is where I'm most valuable. So you want to think of it like that. Go through your entire list, whether it's a list of six or a hundred activities where you have your responsibility and your big challenge is this, go through and decide where you're the most valuable and what you're going to begin to do. So do that right now. And what you're going to do is you're going to take the one where you're the least valuable and you're going to turn that over. And how do you do that? I'll cover that next time. I'll do a part three and how you can do that. Thanks for joining us. And I will see you next time on part three of this series. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and then head on over to BreakthroughPTMarketing.com forward slash book to pick up a free copy of my book, Killer Marketing Secrets for Private Practice PTs.